a beautiful setup here, Tim. We've got the Fox Cricket on right now. The uh, the American competition that is underway over yep. there. Why, the MLC. Are you, why are you playing? What's going on? I didn't get the call up for Didn't that. I, and to be honest, Brent, every other retired player in the world looks like they're there. So <laughs> a bit disappointing, yeah. but I'm happy to be here anyway. Absolutely. Because we're about to talk Ashes, which I know you are very, very passionate about. And we're looking forward to the fourth test coming up from Old Trafford. And of course, you can hear that on SEN, which is going to be absolutely super. But where are we going to start? We can start anywhere here with um, with the team selection. I know you've got your Lots best 11 about. coming up after the break. But um, So try and be a little bit um, cryptic here, I suppose, when I ask you these questions. But let's start with Davey Warner, obviously a big talking point yep. uh, with his position opening the batting. batting. Do you play him or not? Yeah, I've always thought with someone as good as David Warner and with a track record as good as David Warner, I would prefer to give him one too many chances. Um you know, I think he's going to go down, or well, he is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. So I think he's got the track record. Um, a huge test match, this fourth test. It's such an evenly poised series. And I'd be backing him in. I know I've probably said it for the last 12 months and he hasn't quite come good, but um, I think he's shown enough signs in the last couple of test matches, particularly if you think back to the World Test Championship, finally played well there. Um, and he got a decent 60 in one of the, the innings, I think, at Lords, maybe. Um yeah, so a great player like him, I'm giving him one more chance. He, I mean, he's a good fielder too, isn't he? That's the other thing. Just his presence in the team yep. can't be underestimated. No, it can't think. be. I'm not sure you're getting a game in a test match just because you can catch no, it first slip no. day, which I think was suggested. I think Mark Taylor said that. You've just got to keep him in the side. I'm not sure that's enough to, to yep. keep him in the team. He's got a role to play, and that's to score runs and open his batting. The other thing that probably works in his favour is that the opening partnership with Usman Khawaja, whilst... Davey hasn't been seeing the world on fire. They've got them off to a steady start more often than not, which is important in England. If you weren't playing Warner, what do you do with that opening position? Yep. Uh, Travis Head's been spoken about. I know he's become one of the best in the world from his current yep. batting position, but do you move him up? Do you bring Cam Green or Mitch Marsh up to open? What would you do in that situation? Yeah, I think for me, I'm a bit of a... Um, I like to just keep things pretty simple. So I think if David Warner wasn't going to play, I think you replace him with a with a specialist opener, particularly in England. We know how hard it can be to bat over there um, when the ball can swing around. Um, but yeah, I think you know in history we've seen in in India it worked when we moved Travis Head up the order because we knew runs with the new ball was was going to be at a premium. You wanted to get them quickly before the spinners came on, so that worked. Uh, I don't think that's a tactic that that should be used in England or will be. Uh, and then I suppose the next option is do you play a Mitchell Marsh or a Cam Green, get them both in the side and to do that one of them opens, which we've had a little bit of success with in the past with Shane Watson. So yep. they're, they're probably your options at the moment. Uh, what about the uh, Green-Marsh battle, I suppose? Um, how do you see that playing out in selection wars? Yeah, again, another fascinating one. Mitch Marsh gets his opportunity through a, an unfortunate injury to, to Cam Green uh, and obviously grabbed it with both hands. Um, so he's he's certainly given them something to think about. Um, I think Mitch Marsh also is underrated with the ball, particularly in England. He can swing the ball around. So, again, what, what the wicket looks like, is it going to swing around? If it is, Mitch Marsh is probably a better option. If you want someone to run in and hit the wicket and bowl 140-plus, then Cam Green's your man. So, again, some big headaches for, for George Bailey and Andrew McDonald. And, and Michael Nisa, too, just been playing beautifully over there uh, yep. at lower level. Um, what, do you, what do you feel about him? Does, does he deserve an opportunity? Obviously, he does, but yep. um, can you get him in? Yeah, I think there's been a number of players along you know, a long, long time of Australian cricket who deserve an opportunity. It's another thing to get one because the guys in front of him um, have also been doing really well. So, um, look, his, his form in, in county cricket got a, a big 
rap last week when he got 176 against, I think it was against Leicester, who would be effectively like playing against university yeah. without a state player in it. So, mm. um, yeah, they're the bottom team of, of Division 2 of county cricket. And Michael, if he comes into the side, his role is going to be to take wickets, not score runs. So although his runs would be handy. Um, but, yeah, for me... I, I wouldn't be picking him just at the moment. I think the guys ahead of him um, are just better options, particularly in England. We want to get a question to Paney on the Ashes. Get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300-42-15-33. Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well on 0437 And that is our number forever. So lock it into your phones. Make sure you hit us up. We'd love to, for you to get involved in the show. Uh, I've got a text here too. Brenton Pony, Tug in Sandy Bay. Lovely work on the new show. Thank you very much, Tug, and great to have you on board this morning. Um, tell us how you think that first, oh, sorry, the fourth test will play out come Wednesday. It's going to be pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, as I said before, it's going to be sensational. I think the, the series is so well poised. Um, there's been drama around it, um, the way England are playing the cricket, the way they're talking in the media. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. I think Manchester, in my experience, is a terrific batting wicket, um, and and first innings runs will be um, what will what will set the game up. So I think teams traditionally, when I've played there, have looked to bat first, bat big, um, and go from there. Having said that, England like to declare with inside a day. So again, the tactical side of it's going to be fascinating. Um, what are England going to do with their declarations? Um, and can the Aussies get some runs out of Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne? So I think. If we can do that and we can handle Mark Wood, um, who gave us all sorts of headaches with his speed um, in that in the previous test match, that'll have a huge say. I think the Marnus and Smith v Wood um, will have a huge say on the on the outcome of the game. Now, you, you would have spoken about this already, but what did you make of the Alex Carey, Johnny Bairstow situation for those that haven't heard your opinion on that? Oh, no, I, I didn't mind it. Again, I, as a wicketkeeper, anyone who's seen me play or, or played against <laughs> me know that that's a favourite of mine. Um, and, and again, I thought the way Alex did it was was probably better than I've seen most. Most of the time when you do see it, the wicketkeeper is being a bit sneaky and, and looks away and tries to trick the batter into to coming out of his crease. Alex caught the ball and let go of it straight away. And, um, you know, I thought it was actually smart play when they showed the replay of, of the build-up of that over with his three or four balls beforehand. Johnny Bairstow was doing the same thing. For, for Alex to compute that really quickly under pressure and then just go with it and execute it were, were fantastic. I saw yesterday... Alex was up in in media um, over in England and, and said he had no remorse um, and he'd do it again. So, again, I, I'm with him. He did nothing wrong, but I think those comments are going to stoke the fire again and, and pick it up and, and the Manchester crowd will be right into the Aussies again um, on Wednesday night. Just on that being put up for media, you were one of the very best at it. Uh, we know that. Uh, did you lick your lips sometimes at the opportunity where you could get out there and have your say and, and try and stir the pot a little bit, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. I, I must admit, sitting there... Um, last week and watching it there and seeing the boys walk through the long room um, as much as you love obviously playing the game of cricket it's moments like that that I love being involved in I love sort of trying to stir the pot a little bit in the background and, and stay out of it as much as I could but it did it took me back to um, to Durban in South Africa actually when we walked off the ground and there was a fair bit happening in that stairwell as well with Davey Warner and Quinton Decock which was um, another story but yeah th those moments um, that real competitive passion when it spills over a little bit like that, um, they're the test matches you want to be involved in. Absolutely. Uh, just before we wind up the segment and get to the news, tell us about uh, playing at Old Trafford. You obviously played there. What's, yep. it, what's it like as a venue? Yeah, it's a beautiful venue. I, I remember my first time I played there, the pitch was actually running 
in the other direction. So I played a T20 a long, long time ago when I was quite young. Um, yeah, and the, and the pitch used to run the opposite way of what it is. But, yeah, it's normally my experience there are that it is probably the hardest and, and fastest wicket in England, which isn't good news if you're an Aussie batter and Mark Wood's tearing in, but it will also suit our quicks. I think if we can get a little bit of extra bounce, you see a lot of the English guys come out to Australia and really struggle, whether it's in test cricket um, or the guys that come out from England and play in the Big Bash really struggle and, and guys that have dominated T20 cricket um, around the world struggle here because of the extra bounce. So I think if the wicket is like that again, uh, I think it will really suit Australia, um, particularly Paddy Cummins and, and Josh Hazelwood if he plays. Um, I think we'll see a few more nicks through to the, the keeper and slips, which... Uh, as I said, I think we'll suit our quicks down to the ground and then it'll be just over to our batters whether we can handle Mark Wood because I think the rest of the quicks, barring Stuart Broad over Davey Warner, we've handled reasonably well. Um, and I, uh, thinking last night, actually, I hope they rest Stuart Broad because he's played the first three tests and it might be a good way to get Davey Warner into the series. Yeah, true, true. We're right on 6 30. We're about to go to the news, but just a reminder, you can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300 Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well, 0437 We've got a couple here to read out. Morning, guys. Lovely 15 degrees here in Brisbane. Have a great show from Fraser. Thank you, Fraser. And hey, boys, listening from Werribee in Melbourne, massive Tassie basketball and cricket fan, go the map, and that's from Simon. So go the map. Go the map. We love the map here in Tasmania, of course. So we're going to get to the news on the other side of it. Tim Payne's going to reveal his Australian 11 for the fourth test. Stark to finish the over. England one to keep themselves in the series. And out through point it goes for four. What a mighty celebration from Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. When Wokes walked in, they needed 80 to win. The head had been cut off the stake with Stokes and Bairstow in quick succession. But what a shrewd selection it was bringing Wokes back into this side. 32 not out. He will be the champion for England here along with Harry Brook. They win by three wickets and the Ashes are well and truly alive. And that is our wonderful SEN cricket team over there in England doing a wonderful job of the Ashes series, of course, and the fourth test beginning on Wednesday night. Uh, don't forget, you can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, one 42 Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well, 0437 555. Love getting your opinion on everything we're talking about. And we want to get your opinion on this because Tim Payne is about to drop his Australian and England 11s for Old Trafford. Over to you, Skipper. All right, we'll start from the top then, Brent. And I think people are probably going to be slightly disappointed if you're looking for any headlines or any drastic <laughs> changes because I think both of these teams under their new coaches have, have tried to set an environment where guys feel really comfortable to be able to go out and play um, you know, particularly in England's case, a really attacking style. And I know um, Andrew McDonald and George Bailey and Tony Donamay want want their players to feel like they've got their absolute trust. So um, my team for the fourth test at Manchester is Usman Khawaja. David Warner stays in the side. Marnus Labashane. Steve Smith. Travis Head at five. I'm sticking with Mitchell Marsh at six. Alex Carey at seven. Mitch Stark at eight, Captain Paddy Cummins at nine, Todd Murphy at 10, and number 11, I'm going back to Josh Hazelwood. So the change is there, uh, Hazelwood for Boland. Okay, and no Cam Green? No Cam Green. I think 
you know, well, we do want our players to feel comfortable within the 11. However, I think Mitch Marsh just demands selection. And in a big series like that, when someone comes in and takes a spot and then grabs it like that, I think you've got to stick with a guy who's, you know, clearly in form at the peak of his powers. So, um, yeah, Mitch Marsh gets the nod for me. I want to ask you about Marnus as well. Obviously, um, hasn't got the runs he probably would have liked. Uh, well, I think SEN Social's put up yep. a, a good post the other day of, of his numbers in recent times. Yep. But uh, can you blame him for that as well when he comes in so early at times as well? No, I don't think so. I mean, his job's to, to bat at number three for Australia. That's a tough job. And whether you're one for none or one for 220, I think Marnus will, will say himself he hasn't given the output that he would have liked in the last few months. I think something like his last 40 odd innings as a test cricket he's only passed 50 twice so whilst there's been a lot of focus on David Warner's, Warner's form I think I honestly think if Marnus doesn't score runs in the next few tests then that conversation will start to happen about him and it will be interesting because it's the first time in his career where he's had a long run without scoring runs and he's actually been batting okay um, getting lots of starts which is unlike him normally he's, he's great at converting but I must admit last week watching him against Mark Wood he wasn't on his own but he did look a little bit out of touch so hopefully as I said in the in the last segment if him and Steve Smith can find a bit of form it'll go a long way to us winning this test match Who is the next number three for Australia if, if he wasn't to play? Oh, that's a great question I should have saved that for questions without notes yeah, that's which is coming up question. I'll let you have a think about um, it if you like Well no you've got they've showed in their squad they've got Marcus Harris who he could bat one, two or three. They've got Matt Renshaw, who they've shown can bat either opening or right down to five. Um, and then the other interesting option is is Green or Marsh, um, if we want to get both those all-rounders in. If we think both of them are in our top six best batters, um, which they could be if they're both in form, um, that's also another option. Tell us what you think of Tim Payne's Aussie 11 on the Kia Tassie open line, 1,342-1533. Texas as well, 0437-552-535. One more thing on that selection is obviously Scott Boland's gone out of the side for mm -hmm. Josh Hazwood, but I've heard a bit of commentary in the last week or so about Scott Boland's form and, and even his career, you know, being exposed per se and not probably not playing a lot of test cricket going forward. Um I think we only you only have to look back to the ICC Championship final where he absolutely bowled the house down when conditions were in his favour. Uh, and the fifth test match is back at that ground, at the Oval. I think any wicket where you get some slide up and down and some slight sideways, Scott Bowen is as good as anyone in the world at exposing that. So I think some of the calls that he, he might be done or he's going to find it hard to get back in are, are a fair way off because uh, I know when, when Scott Bowen gets the right conditions, he's an absolute handful. All right, on to your England 11 then. Let's go with that. England 11. Down here. I can't even remember who played in their last one. Um, <laughs> but I'm staying with the openers who have done really well, actually, or better than I thought they would do. But having said that, they've produced flat wickets for a reason. And I think one of those reasons is because of the defence of their two opening batters. But the way they attack and get the game moving has been great to watch. So Crawley, Duckett... Uh, they tried Harry Brook at three last test match for the first innings and I think very quickly realised that that's not going to work, doesn't suit him, um, doesn't suit them. So what I mind in the second innings is, is Moen Alley. Um, so I'm going to go with him again just ahead of Dan Lawrence, who's the spare batter in, the, in their squad, who did score 100 in county cricket last week. But I think Moen Alley obviously gives them some spin overs uh, and he allows their, their batting order to be really deep with Bearstow and, and Wokes coming in. So I'm going Moen Alley at three, Joe Root at four, Harry Brook back to five, Ben Stokes six, 
Johnny Bairstow stays in the squad and team at seven. Um, and again, I know looking down that order, if Johnny Bairstow, I know he's been in horrible form, but if he walks to the wicket at seven, you you are worried. I can tell you that as someone who's played against him, he's he's absolutely dangerous. Uh, Chris Wokes, Mark Wood, Stuart Broad, if he's not rested, um, I think he's bowling the house down at the moment, just be whether his body is up to, to playing four tests in a row. Uh, and then the number 11 I've been tossing up all weekend between... Big Robbo or Jimmy Anderson. And I think from a selection point of view, they probably should pick Robinson if he's fit. However, I think Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum will pick Jimmy Anderson because it's at his home ground. I think they'll try and draw on that sort of emotion and, and try and get a, a reaction out of their players and, and it'll bring the crowd right into it when Jimmy Anderson's running in. So... Um, that and the fact that I don't like Ollie Robinson, I'm going to pick Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> oh, that's a story for another day. We might uh, delve into that when we have the time. But uh, so pretty comfortable keeping Bearstow and I'm talking about well, I'm not Stokes. comfortable. You're no, not, you're not comfortable. No, his okay. keeping has been yeah. woeful. Let's yeah. be honest. But again, I've played a lot of cricket against Johnny Bearstow, and normally his keeping's been pretty good. I think he, you know he's obviously coming off a really long and horrible injury, a big layoff. Um, and, and to step straight back into international cricket's been hard for him, no doubt. Uh, I don't think he'll have another test match as bad as he did with the gloves. But as I said, certainly with the batting, uh, he's a dangerous player at seven. He suits the baseball mentality. He'll come out and be ultra aggressive. And when you've got someone like that at seven, uh, Chris Wokes at eight, they just keep on coming, these guys that can score runs, even Mark Woods. So whilst the, his glove work's been below par, I can understand why they're sticking with him because he is a match winner.